Hey there, and welcome to the Box Office Watts podcast, where we keep watch on how much money movies are making and why. This is the show recapping the weekend of October 14th through the 16th, 2022. My name is Paulo, and I'm your host. Hope everyone's doing well out there. Myself, I had to be doing a little bit better. Uh, I ended up spraining one of my solars actually recently, embarrassingly enough through sleeping on it funny. Um, that said, I am feeling a lot better after a lot of Advil and my first session of physical therapy. So um, as far as the podcast goes, it's business as usual. And that business seems to be spooky season since we're in the middle of October. And this week's box office numbers led by some horror movies reinforced that. In first place, we have the third entry in the rebooted Halloween's franchise, uh, Halloween Ends, opening up to $40 million in 3,901 theaters, per theater average of 10,267. Overseas, it made about $17 million for a total of $57 million to date. Compared to the last two outings, this is the lowest, uh, from $76 million in 2018, down to $49 million last year with Halloween Kills, uh, to this $40 million. And it is lower than the $49.5 million forecasted by box office pros. That said, this is still a large larger opening than anything uh, any of the any other Halloween movie prior uh, to this reboot and with a 20 million dollar production budget it's which is you know a Blumhouse classic in fact it might be the highest one of the higher Blumhouse films I've seen uh, budget wise at this point, you know, $40 million is a win for the film profitability-wise. Uh, plus, on Universal's end, it also debuted on Peacock Day and Date, and they say, uh, and while it may have impacted, you know, the theatrical take, um, this is apparently the most-watched film over two-day period ever, so I'm sure the executives are happy over there. As far as where Halloween ends can go up, um, the last two films ended up with a 2.09 and a 1.86 multiplier. However, this one has even worse reviews than those, being the lowest of the three. Uh, the first had a Rotten Tomatoes audience and, cri- audience and critics score of 70s uh, and a B Cinema score. The second one had a 39 critics, 66 audience uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, B minus on Cinema score. And this one has a 39 critics, 57 audience, but on a C plus Cinema score, um, which is the lowest in the franchise period. Um, and, you know, the fact that it's also available on Peacock means I think this will probably that won't get to a 2x multiplier I'd say maybe 75 million dollars tops domestically uh, in second place, we have the other horror film that topped the last two weekends, Smile. After last week's stellar 18% drop, this one dropped 32% to $12.5 million in 3,612 theaters for a per theater average of 3,479. Domestic total as of this weekend is $71.3 million plus $66 million overseas for a running total of $137 million worldwide. Crazy that this has a $17 million budget. This will honestly be another $100 million grocery domestically this year, which I was not expecting. We may have a new horror franchise for Paramount on our hands here. Uh, in third place, Lila Crocodiles, the newest family-friendly feel- film from Sony, dropped a respect- uh, respectable OK 36% in the second weekend to $7.3 million in 4,350 theaters for a per-theater average of $16.90 and a running total of $22.7 million. Um, another $4 million overseas puts at about $27 million. Now, this isn't the most exi- exciting performance given it has a $50 million budget. That said, there is still more than a month until the next family-friendly animated movie, so we'll see if this one has legs or not. In fourth place, The Woman King has a decent 28% drop in its fifth weekend to 3.7 million in 2,565 theaters, dropping 777 theaters this past weekend for a per, to a per theater average of 14.44. Uh, total domestic total is uh, 59.7 million overseas. It made about 16.8 million or so, about 77 million dollar worldwide total against its 50 million dollar budget. Um, I'm not sure this will make it to 100 million dollars, uh, but still, you know. Uh, so, so I don't know if this will be profitable at the end.
Finally, in fifth place, Amsterdam, uh, compared to these other two films, had a terrible drop, a tumble of 57% in its second weekend, which is a yikes. Uh, 2.7 million in 3,005 theaters for a per theater average of only 919, not even $1,000, um, and a total of 11.8 million domestic, about 18 million overseas. Uh, compared to its $80 million budget, this one is almost certifiably a flop at this point. Now, outside the top five, there are a couple of interesting stories. Uh, Terrifier 2, which is you know this indie horror film, seems to be an anomaly, right? It actually lost 886 out of its 886 theaters, you know, down to only 700, but it actually gained week over week last week up to 28% for um, for over a million to just over a million dollars for a running total of 2.4 million uh, to date. Um, definitely benefiting from horror season and good word of mouth. Uh, and and you know, I think maybe the fact that Halloween ends maybe didn't have wasn't the best received means. Maybe people end up going to see this. Um, we'll see if this sticks around for the next couple of weeks through Halloween. And then looking to Top Gun Maverick, it's hit two, 21 weeks in the top 10. How much longer can it go? Will it will it finally drop out next week? We'll see. Um, in the meanwhile, uh, Minions Rise of Gru also is still going, and it actually has become the highest-grossing film domestically for the entire Despicable Me franchise, surpassing Despicable Me 2's 368 million domestic. Um, it's still only about 929 million worldwide, so we'll see if it's ended up to leg it out to a billion dollars. Uh, meanwhile, Bros in week three lost a third of its theaters, dropping 11, uh, 1155 of them with only a 424 per theater average. Now, you know, as far as films that have ended their runs domestically, you have Elvis at 151 million with an amazing 4.84 multiplier. Nope at 123 million, not quite the 175 of Jordan Peele's prior films, uh, making a 2.78 multiplier. Thor Love and Thunder with 343 million as a 2.38x multiplier. Not good, but not bad either. And then everything, every all at once, and at 70 million in Marshall to sell with Suzon at 6 million from A24. Uh, over on the Oscar side of things, we have two contenders that opened up in limited this weekend. Uh, streaming service Mubi picked up the Korean entry for international film in Park Chan-wook's Decision to Leave earlier this year, and that opened into three theaters for per theater average of $32,067. Um, for Park Chan-wook, this is actually his best per theater average ever, his most recent film Handmaiden only having $18,000, and his classic Old Boy only having $13,000 back in 2005. Metacritic has Decision to Leave at 83, uh, Rotten Tomatoes critics at 93, and audience score 91 so uh, I think this one should hold pretty well as it expands out in the coming weeks uh, the other Oscars contender opening this weekend was Till a film about the true life story of Emmett Till's mother searching for justice uh, the main category this is competing in is actress for Daniel Deadweiler this one opened a little bit wider in 16 theaters so it's per theater average is a bit lower about 15,142 but that is still pretty decent uh, 77 Metacritic but 100% critics Rotten Tomatoes and a 97 audience score um, you know so I think this one you know I'm not sure if it's the is the is the front runner for for best actors, but it's still definitely in contention. And then this one's not an Oscar contender, but the documentary Cat Daddies opened in one theater here in New York uh, to 11,000 per theater average, which for a documentary about uh, cats changing lives of their cat dads, I'm pretty happy with. Overall total box office came up to 76 million for the weekend. Uh, this coming weekend we have two wide releases. First, we have The Rock's upending of the power structure of the DC universe. Black Adam set to come out this weekend after its New York debut. Uh, box office pros has it forecasted of 55 to 65 million dollars, though based off of critics' reviews, putting it at 53% on Rotten Tomatoes and 45% on Metacritic, might indicate a bit of a lower opening, even with some 50 million dollars. Uh, reports say it has a 200 million budget, so we'll see. Though there is some news we'll talk about later. With 
with a potential China release. Uh, we also have the George Clooney, Julia Roberts romp, romantic comedy Ticket to Paradise that has been doing well in international markets, 73.5 million to date in 76 markets. It's forecast to open the 9 to 14 million box office post, though I could see this doing higher, you know, even north of 15 million dollars, maybe even 20. Um, and on the limited side of things, you have Martin McDonough's uh, Banshees of Insurance, uh, a major Oscar contender, as well as A24's uh, After Sun, more of an independent spirits film type award. Um, and then Netflix is also releasing a few Oscar films, though none of those numbers will be given out for this week. Uh, looking at some international numbers, speaking of uh, a DC film led by The Rock, DC League of Super Pets hit $200 million uh, worldwide, $93 million, about $108 million world overseas. Not sure if this will get to $100 million domestic, but we'll see. Uh, Don't Worry Darling is at $78 million worldwide or so, so not bad considering it has a $35 million production budget. Um, and then over in Japan, One Piece Red is still number one for 11 weeks in a row. Uh, in China, Homecoming is still top dog with no new releases for the past couple of weeks. Now, as I mentioned, there are rumors that Black Adam will be releasing in China, though that's not yet confirmed officially by the censorship board. I imagine they'll make whatever changes they need to since uh, given the reviews over here and The Rock seems to be a big deal in China. If this one does open, it looks like it'll be either November 4th or the 11th, which would be kind of funny if it's the 11th because that would be the same day the rest of the world is watching Black Panther. Uh, meanwhile, over in France, speaking of Black Panther, despite those strict laws regarding theatrical windows, Disney will be Black Panther 2, releasing Black Panther 2 over their uh, contrary to earlier reports. Uh, moving on to some other industry headlines, there are a couple of award season dates being shuffled around. Uh, a Man Called Otto, which is uh, one of Sony's films, I believe, mostly for Tom Hanks as, uh, as an actor, um, is moving away from a December 14th release date, um, two days before Avatar 2, to a more limited release on the Christmas Day and then a wide release on January 13th. Uh, in the meanwhile, in an opposite move, Babylon, which is Paramount's big Oscar puss, you know, starring Margot Robbie, Brad Pitt, directed by Damien Chazelle of La La Land, um, moved up up from a December 25 limited January 6th wide release date over to a December 23rd wide release date, so about a week after Avatar 2, probably to have a bit more space. Um, the, I, that's what we have so far, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see a lot of other uh, films moving out of the, uh, moving around. We haven't seen a lot of marketing for, they say, The Fablemans or Women's Talking. Um, I suspect that the one-two hit from, of November and December with Black Panther 2 and Avatar 2 is making it difficult for other Oscar hopefuls to find o some oxygen for marketing space. Um, I expect to see more moves in the future, I think particularly with Women Talking. Um, you know, currently being, I believe, um, limited uh, early in December and coming out wide on Christmas Day. I think that might, might, might that might shift around a little bit, but we'll see. Uh, over on the earnings side of things, we got some Netflix news. Uh, after its subscriber loss in Q1 and Q2, in Q3, it looks like they're back with a 2.4 million subscriber growth, uh, most of which come from the Asia-Pacific region, a gain of, uh, but there is a gain of 100,000 subscribers in North America. Uh, they also announced their basic ads tier with a $6.99 price point to launch November 3rd, uh, a fork and a forecast of 4.5 million subscriber gain this coming quarter. Uh, they also announced that the subscriber forecast gain numbers will, stop, will be stopping starting with Q1 of 2023. In the latest chapter, that is the dumpster fire that is Warner Brothers, they first announced plans to shut down its writers, directors workshop, which is a major path for developing underrepresented voices in TV. Um, or they were going to until they were reminded that part of the collective bargaining agreement with the guilds is that they need to have a program like uh, the writers, director workshop to develop uh, uh, minority talent. So uh, they ended up reinstating it after uh, outcry from the industry. There's also outcry uh, from fans that Cartoon Network, uh, as a separate unit, was going to be rolled up into. Warner 
animation group. Now, I don't know all the details. This is a box office podcast, not a television or animation podcast. Um, and while the org structure is different, it seems like, according to people on the inside, that it's not like animation is being completely killed off and that they're still going to be working on Cartoon Network projects, but not going to be under that label, perhaps. Uh, obviously, we'll have to wait to see how this all shakes out. Uh, what is known is, though, that the CMO and SVP of marketing for kids and young adults and Cartoon Network did leave the company as part of this move. In any case, I'm sure right now their main focus is on Black Adam and the DC, with one report from The Hollywood Reporter is that there's a lot in, the, in store for DC with James Gunn pitching another movie, Man of Steel 2 with Henry Cavill looking for writers, Matt Reeves working on many Batman spinoffs, and then Wonder Woman 3 and Flash 2 already having scripts, uh, assuming Ezra Miller doesn't go to jail for 26 years. Uh, anyway, other than that, there's a couple bit more movie news. Uh, Harrison Ford has been cast as Thaddeus Ross for Captain America New World Order, opposite Anthony Mackie. Uh, despite always looking like he wants to retire, he seems he just can't quit, especially when Disney is involved. Uh, Liam Neeson is apparently starring in a new Naked Gun movie from Paramount with Long Island's Akiva Schaefer directing. Um, and then the groundbreaking Asian American film Joy Luck Club is getting a sequel many decades after the fact. Uh, Sony is also working on a GameStop movie with Paul Dano, uh, Seth Rogen, Sebastian Stan, and Pete Davidson attached. And then the Safdie brothers are joining up again with Adam Sandler on another film after Uncut Gems. Over on the financing side, it looks like Brad Pitt's Plan B Entertainment is looking for a buyer, not really sure why. And then meanwhile, Skydance, the producer of Top Gun Maverick, got a $400 million investment to bring their total valuation up to $4 billion. And then Martin Scorsese had another rant about how movies about movies today and being unhappy with people being obsessed with box office numbers. Um, I guess that's why he's moved to working the streaming platforms only nowadays with Netflix and now Apple TV. Uh, with that, that's a pretty quick episode this week, uh, so I'm going to call out a wrap for this episode. Shoot me ideas for what else I should cover via email at boxofficewatchpodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at BOWatchPodcast. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. Make sure you subscribe, leave a review, or at least tell a movie-loving friend any of that helps. Uh, numbers used in this show come from thenumbers.com. Uh, intro and outro music from Kevin MacLeod, his incompetent of filmmaker.io. Editing production by Ninja Boy Media. Until next time, this has been the Box Office Watch Podcast. And remember, our watch goes on. <laughs>